0: Hello everyone!
1: Hello! What's up? Welcome back to Kawaii Cast. This is
0: Kawaii I... Cast. I'm Tyler.
1: I'm Candice. And let's go ahead and just get into it. Let's go ahead and start off with some anime news.
0: Uh so. Um I believe when we last let off, uh the show Uncle from Another World had gone on a
1: Really long hiatus. Well, a
0: hiatus that had it—they didn't have a uh, time to return.
1: They—they
0: mm-hmm. um, they are returning now.
1: That's good. So,
0: so we're we're gonna get more Uncle from Another World.
1: Um, My favorite what, what cringy that
0: Netflix? uncle. That one's hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's on Netflix.
0: Um, and not only that, uh, but Kadokawa is going to begin streaming a 10-minute Sonic Frontiers Let's Play video performed by og Sonic.
1: That's hilarious, actually. Yeah, like,
0: like the anime <laughs> and Sonic Frontiers totally had a uh, collaboration, which is just fantastic.
1: That is absolutely hilarious. I didn't even think about that when Sonic Frontiers came out.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's great. That's fantastic. I am so happy.
0: (laughs) Right. I'm excited for that one to come back. That one, um, I was enjoying it, and then it just went on its hiatus.
1: All I can think of is the uncle learning that hedgehogs are, in fact, not not blue. blue. And do not stand on two feet. Yeah. And are not (laughs) (laughs) human-shaped.
0: What? I don't believe.
1: It. <laughs> uh, they're not super fast either
0: I mean no I don't believe it
1: they're decently fast for a rodent but
0: <laughs> <laughs> they can however roll into spiky balls
1: they can that is one thing that they got right <laughs> they don't they don't spray rings when they're hit though no yeah
0: yeah don't go don't hit your hedgehog
1: don't hit your hedgehog you heard it here folks. So there was a lot of different announcements uh, over the last couple weeks of different anime and anime spinoffs coming out, so I wanted to kind of highlight some of the more exciting ones. Uh, one is that Vinland Saga Season 2 will be on Crunchyroll now, instead of uh, Amazon Prime.
0: Nice. Which so means that'll... I'm gonna have to actually go and finish Season 1.
1: Yep, I do need to a... re-watch the whole season, honestly. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably
0: just rewatch the whole thing.
1: Yeah, get a good binge watch. Uh, another really exciting one is the spin-off for Konosuba, which will be about Megumin is coming out. Yep. And then the what I'm really excited about is that we are getting a special episode for Ranking of Kings.
0: Oh nice, that's spot. cool.
1: Yeah, so it'll be like a nice little OVA which that's one you definitely need to go watch because Ranking of Kings was amazing.
0: There's there's so many that I need to watch. I just never fucking have time. I went it's to so go, hard.
1: I saw they had the Blu-ray set out and I was really excited and I was going to go buy it, but I found out it's like $50 for 12 episodes and I'm like, it would all 24 episodes. I could justify that price, but for 12 episodes, that's not worth
0: it. Right? Yeah. What are we in the early 2000s when you'd pay... 17 dollars for a dvd that had four episodes right (laughs) shit and you were happy to do so
1: right yeah no that's way too expensive for just the 12 episodes because honestly it's the second half that's probably my favorite anyway so i might have to hold off to see if the price for that goes down any because i love ranking of kings And Stefan, if you're listening, go watch Ranking of Kings Because you said that you would watch any anime that I tell you to watch And I am telling you to go watch Ranking of Kings Words right out of
0: your mouth, Stefan That's
1: true, we have it in text and everything, I can screenshot it
0: (laughs) I I think you might have to I
1: might have to before this episode goes out And then
0: just just every time you see a new anime just sent I just
1: sent him the screenshot. The screenshot and be
0: like, watch this show next.
1: You are contractually obligated to watch whatever I tell you to watch, which is how he watched uh, Grand Blue. Or was it Grand Blue or Grand Blue, Grand Blue
0: Dreaming? Yeah, right? the one of the, about one the about divers. About the, yeah.
1: Yeah, the college students. That's also how he watched Banana Fish, which was life changing for him. And maybe not in a good way. But. And then he also recently watched Golden Kamali, based off our recommendation, and said it was the greatest thing ever. And he watched Sweetness and Lightning after we basically forced him to, which is crazy that we had to force him to watch that, because that anime feels like it was written for Stefan. Right? So yeah, I'm super happy that he liked uh, three of the four ones that I just listed. (laughs) He liked Banana Fish, but it, it made him cry, so... It, co- yeah. it may cause severe depression
0: <laughs> apparently that's uh, that's the big thing about uh, cyberpunk edge runners is everyone's like oh it was so sad I cried and I'm like okay <laughs> but yeah.
1: yeah I definitely need to go and watch it we'll have to do an episode on that when we binge it once yeah. the holidays are over because oh my god we are both working non-stop right now I think we're both god, getting over time it's so bad yeah so if you guys are wondering why episodes aren't coming out faster it's because we are both working more than full time for the first time in our lives like we've always been kind of at that weird precipice of like just under full time with our jobs and now both of us are like 40 to 50 hours a week so it's a huge change for both of us but yeah it's kind I'm, gross to be honest I'm <laughs> extremely exhausted too like everybody at work I'm extremely exhausted Oh, so. Uh, I've just been doing my best to catch up on the seasonal anime because I am loving this season. And one anime in particular which I had to force you to get caught up on today because I really yes. want to talk about it. Was... Well, I got
0: I got one more bit of news. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, there will be uh, I believe, yeah. Movie? Another movie of uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Sem- Senpai. Really? Yeah. I um, thought it
1: wrapped up pretty well, so that kind of shocks me a little bit. Uh,
0: this one will adapt the eighth and ninth novels in the franchise Rascal Does Not Dream of a Sister Venturing Out, and Rascal Does Not Dream of a Knapsack Kid.
1: Okay. I so mean, it's, I guess it's, that makes sense.
0: It seems like it's going to be primarily about Kaede.
1: Yeah, which Kaede was the character that I thought I was really going to hate when the show started because I really hate the little sister trope but by the end I think she was like one of my favorite characters Like I think she was second best girl by the end yeah. of the show. Not best girl in the sense of oh my god I want her and the protagonist to hook up because they're brother and sister but best girl is in oh my god she has some of the best character development in the show and she made me ridiculously happy Yeah yeah. Also, I see a podcat looking over she's the She's computer. trying to
0: be good. Come on, Katie. <laughs>
1: she's trying. She's doing her best. Podcat number two. The Ragamuffin.
0: Yes. Anyways.
1: Yep. And then I kind of one oh. last piece of news was uh, a ton of figure events happened over this last week. So if you are a figure collector... Uh, Go check out one the Good Smile Fest and then Wan Hobby, because there was a ton of really good figure announcements, and my wallet is crying. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll learn you for having a wallet. I know, right?
1: Anyway, so I think we can. And a
0: job where you earn money.
1: I know, right? (laughs) Who
0: does that?
1: I know where I go spend money on Tyler to get him a thoughtful holiday gift.
0: God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You've come a long way from giving me pine cones.
1: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so true. Although this gift wasn't super expensive, but I put a lot of time and effort into it, so. Okay. The the value of my love is worth more than the monetary cost.
0: You um, feelings.
1: Feelings, yeah. <laughs> So with that, I think we can go ahead and get into this week's episode, which is all about feelings, because this is a really sad anime. It is, if you guys haven't already figured it out yet, by whatever we name the episode, which sometimes is a little more revealing than other times, uh, we're going to be talking about To Your Eternity. Uh-huh. So, this was season two, which this anime kind of snuck up on people. I still see people commenting that they didn't realize this season was airing right now. Like, every now and again, I'll see, like, a uh, comment on Crunchyroll being like, Wait, 2 your Eternity's running right now?
0: Yeah. Why didn't yeah, did
1: nobody tell me?
0: <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it has a weird airing date. I don't know what date it, it is released on and it comes out on, but, like, I think it's on a day when... Most people are generally not, you know, looking at Crunchyroll.
1: Yeah. I also Run. feel like it was probably one of the least hyped up second seasons or continuing seasons right now. Like, there were so many shows that everybody was hyping up. Like, Golden Conway's back. Uh, Mob Psych 100's back. Uh, Bleach is back. All these shows are like, it's back. And then. Your eternity kind of got ignored yeah so we're here to hype it up because honestly this season is incredible
0: feel the hype bitches feel
1: the hype feel all of the feels uh so from my understanding it seems like the anime is kind of skipping some stuff from the manga it's just kind of like speed running a lot of content to kind of get back to the main story
0: That that makes sense yeah. It, it's not... Don't don't get me wrong. I am I, still enjoying it. But it just... It doesn't seem like it has quite the same charm as the first season. It yeah. does feel It does feel like I'm missing something.
1: Yeah. It was definitely rushed in the first couple of episodes. But I think that was for the best. Because I will say... This season has probably introduced not only my favorite character in the show... But probably my favorite character this anime season, actually. Like a newly introduced character from any show. I think I think this specific character is my favorite.
0: God, but please don't tell me it's Bonchian It is Tasty Peach. Oh my it fuck. Is. Oh god. What okay. Okay. I had respect for him in the in the latest episode. He he earned a lot of that respect. But, like, leading up to it, I was just like, oh god, this guy is so weird.
1: I loved everything about him from, like, the moment he was introduced to, like, everything that led up to. I think he has one of the best character developments this show has had so far. Uh, with maybe the exception of Gugu. I think Gugu still might be a little bit better. But I felt like the show wasn't going to be able to pull off another Gugu, and I think Bonxian did that. But before we get into Bonxian, I think we should kind of pick up where Season 1 left off, and that was with uh, uh, our lovely protagonist, uh, Fushi, sitting on an island after the death of Pioran. Pioran's death was kind of a bit unique, because it felt like it was the first time any of the souls that he'd met had actually moved into the next life, which we weren't sure if that meant he would be able to turn into her, but we found out, yes, he can. He he can't transform into Piorim. But her soul has moved on, and unlike all of the other souls that are following him. Yeah. And that left us with him learning about Hayase's new descendant line, which... Their only goal in life is to produce more children to become the new reincarnation of Hayase. They become vessels for their uh, soul. Yes, as
0: well. spe- specifically women. They they want they want girls because it turns into like a weird religion thing where they pass on. They pass on the uh, the knocker that is yeah. implanted. In their arm. into the... Yeah.
1: And they become the sole protector of Fushi, and it's kind of a cult situation. Like, none of them really seem to fully understand the truth of their ancestor Hayase, that she was kind of a batshit crazy person. And they all genuinely believe that they were born solely for the purpose of protecting Fushi, and it hasn't become their entire life. It's the only thing they know and understand. And... That leads us to the other character that we left off with season one, which was Tonari, who is the main girl from the last major arc, the island arc. And. Yeah, like
0: prison island arc thing?
1: Yeah. And after she became the leader of that island, she ended up dedicating her entire life to studying and becoming immune to any type of poison that could be consumed because. Hayase constantly tried to poison Fushi, like, all the fucking time. So Tanari was like, hey, I'm gonna learn all about poisons, so when I die and Fushi has the ability to take over my body, he will be immune to all these poisons. And in her final- Suck
0: that, Hayase! You bitch!
1: And in Tanari's final moments, she was killed by the knocker living in Hisame's arm- but she also defeated Hisame at the same time. She wasn't successful enough to end Hisa's line as she was able to produce a child before she passed away and thus able to carry the knocker onto the next generation. But it became a common thing that all of their descendants really really disliked Tanari and would avoid Fushi anytime he turned into her. Yeah. And since um, Tari- so sorry.
0: Uh, so so that being said, you know, now we all know the, the craziness of Hayase and, like, her descendants. But that being said, like, they did do one thing. They they created the group of, I forget what they're called, like, defenders or something. Mm-hmm. But they do at least a little good in, in using that group to try to, you know, save people from the knockers.
1: Yeah. So they have like, learned... Like, they
0: are a fighting group they have experience in fighting the knockers so they know how it's done
1: yeah it seemed like tanari was also kind of like training people on how to fight the knockers as well so it was like it wasn't just fushi because the thing was the knockers learned that they can't keep going to fushi because then he'll just isolate himself in some desolate area where humans can't find him Instead, the knockers try to lure him out by just attacking random villages until he realizes he has to go protect people, which he did. There was one point where uh, Fushi decided to become so isolated that he threw himself into the ocean and turned himself into like mindless sea creatures. Turned,
0: turned into a crab and a fish yeah. at some point, and he just just chilled in the ocean.
1: Yeah but eventually his true self comes back every time like there's no true escape for him no matter how hard he tries yeah. and so that leads to him meeting all of Hayase's descendants until finally the line no longer has a female descendant and leads to the first male descendant Kohaku and that's kind of the point where the anime just kind of skipped a lot of content from the manga. Instead of going through like all the details of what Fushi was going through with all those different generations, it's just kind of like yeah, we're just going to fast forward a bit because not a whole lot seemed to happen other than him meeting all those descendants and scaring yeah, them just... off by turning into Tanari.
0: Yeah, you just do a uh... what's it called? Compilation or whatever. Yeah, you know, you usually to the tune of uh, like "Eye of the Tiger" or something.
1: (laughs) So, but that leads us to the character that I really, really appreciate—probably one of the best characters introduced, in my opinion. And I knew you were gonna dislike him, but that's not why I like him. I like him because I think (laughs) he's
0: just don't lie. It's out of spite. (laughs) You hate me. I know. I get it. Believe me, if anyone hates me, it's me.
1: <laughs> but that leads me to my favorite character so far this season, and that is Qian, bon who is a prince who's trying to prove to his father that he is worthy of being the next king after finding out that his little brother is actually the heir to the throne. And his father's reasoning for choosing his little brother was the fact that his brother is a person of the people who, like, uses... All of his, like, power and privilege and all that to help people. Where Boen uses his privilege and power and money and all that to just kind of, like, show people that he cares about them. Like, he loves gift-giving. Gift-giving is his love language. And he's a little self-centered in that regard. But he doesn't actually benefit people. He's just kind. And that's not quite the same thing. So, like, nothing he none of the decisions he does, betters the world. He just buys things for people and is like, there you go. That's, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. You did have
1: clothes, so I bought you an outfit.
0: Whereas his brother, who has decided that he's going, you know, the king has decided the brother will be king, actually does, you know, kind deeds and helps out.
1: Yeah. So. Like,
0: like he, you know. Helps, helps villagers rebuild after there's, you know, an th- earthquake or whatever, you know, and whereas bonshin just kind of, well, I exist.
1: Yeah. He, he likes to f- uh, flaunt his wealth, and mind you, he wasn't particularly a bad person when he flaunted his wealth. It's not like he's just like, I'm gonna sit on my throne of gold while you all suffer. It was just more like, I'm just gonna buy nice things for the village. Look, like, here's here's a new building that nobody asked for, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was a bit frivolous, and it wasn't really beneficial. It was What's just... What's
0: that? You don't have any orphans? Well, better build you an orphanage.
1: Yeah. It was always things like, I'm going to buy my mother nice clothing because I love my mother and she deserves nice things. And I'm going to buy my little sister this thing that she wanted because my little sister's so sweet. And I'm going to buy all of my servants really nice clothes because I love my servants. And they're so great. It's like, again, he's not a bad person. He's just kind of frivolous and he just doesn't care about things. Like, he doesn't look at the bigger picture so he wanted to prove to his father that he could be a good person and he could do something grand some big gesture that would prove that he's worthy of being king and that was by tracking down the immortal fushi and bringing him back to the kingdom and using fushi to better the world and again he's a bit short-sighted on this he doesn't realize he's literally using somebody to accomplish his goals he's not looking at the bigger picture here and again, it's not because he's a bad person, but because he's just a little self-centered.
0: A little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. But the one thing that we learn about Bone Chan that gave him a huge advantage over anybody else trying to learn who Fushi is is that Bone Chan can see dead people. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> he is. That's, that's that's awkward. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he discovers this when he's really, really little, and it starts with just seeing things like thieves that were killed in the castle because they broke in and were trying to steal stuff, or servants who passed away due to unfortunate circumstances, and all of these ghosts try to aid him, try to like help him be a better person, and they raise him better than his parents do. They, you know, they teach him things that he needs to know, and they all convince him that he is destined to become the king. Like, they're just like, You're, you are born under a righteous star, and you need to use these powers so you can become a better person. And he takes it as, well, that means I have to be the king. That's like the most important thing in the world to him. And from that, he meets a ghost of a woman who tells him, you'll be able to find the immortal Fushi Because he will be surrounded by spirits, one in particular is massive, and that's the spirit of the bear that he possessed, the Oniguma, from, like, way back in, like, the, like, second arc of the show. (laughs) Like, episode three or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the woman was actually Tanari, who was guiding Bonshan into understanding how he could find Fushi. And that's exactly what he does. He looks for all the ghosts and spirits and he finds Fushi and then he decides to exploit Fushi to make the people love him and to basically use this like cult religion for his benefit so the people will want him to be king. And it leads to a lot of problems. Like honestly, we haven't had too many issues with the knockers in these last few episodes. The biggest yeah. conflict has been between this group of people that want to worship Fushi as a god versus the people that think Fushi is a demon and goes against the natural world and goes against their religion.
0: Ah, uh, yes. The cult versus the church. Yeah. Mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I really, really love the season. Like, well, the first season was really about Fushi learning to develop as a person the same way that a child grows up. Like, we started with him not knowing anything because he was an orb. To him having only bare understanding of how the world works as a dog. To being human but not quite knowing, like, how other humans work by turning into the unnamed boy. Who, you know, didn't really teach him to talk and didn't really teach him proper things like how to eat or how to talk to other people because he was isolated and he only talked to him as a dog. So he got to learn all of those things from a character who became his surrogate mother and that was March. And then from there he learned other skills like how to be a part of a family and, you know things like love and caring about other people, he learned all those things through Gugu. And then he learned what it meant to be a part of this world that has conflict and the idea that people want to kill other people, and he learned all those things through Tanari. So he kind of went through the whole process of like birth to adulthood in the first season, but where do you go from there? Like, What do you learn as an adult? And that's more of what season two seems to be focused on is this idea that people could be genuinely kind while also not doing good things in the case of Onchan, and there could be people that are not good people, or are part of something that's not a good thing, like the guardians that are trying to protect him, but the individuals are not evil, like in this case, uh, Kohaku. It's somebody that Fushi actually genuinely thinks is a good person. He's like, you're not like your ancestors, but you've been brainwashed by them. I think you're a good individual human being, but you're a part of something that's way worse than that and something that I can't participate in, something I can't be a part of and something I can't support because your ancestor was a crazy psycho who murdered people I loved. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's right now where season two is, is that Fushi is learning how to be a better person in a world that is far more complicated than he wanted to give it credit for. And that's why it's not possible for him to run away from that. Because So,
0: so you're saying season two is very much more about emotional development.
1: Yes. And I think that's also part of what the Knockers represent is that, like, while the knockers are, like, the big, bad, evil guys, they represent all of the different struggles you're gonna go through in life. Uh, when you're a kid, those things seem really simple. Like, there's really easy problem, like, you you get upset because something you like breaks, you get over it, eventually. Like, it usually doesn't have that big of an impact on you, and that's how, like, the knockers were very weak in the very beginning. But now the knockers are extremely complicated, extremely intense and hard to destroy and they're even infiltrating in ways that seem trustworthy and that's kind of where your problems become as you're an adult you can't always solve your problems sometimes you just learn to live with them and the problems that you can solve usually aren't fixed quickly they're usually things that you work on over the span of days months or years and so i think the knockers are the representation of that
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm practically perfect in every way. <laughs> I need no improvement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, but that brings me to why Bone Chan was my favorite. Because he's definitely not an ideal character to look up to. He's He's cocky, he's smug, he's self-centered, but at no point is he evil. He's not even as misguided as the other characters in this show. In fact, he's probably the least misguided character. He has information that other characters don't. He just is a little bit selfish when it comes to that information. And the biggest example of that was the big reveal that one of Fushi's greatest abilities isn't just the ability to turn into people that he had a connection to. But he can actually give them a new vessel for their soul. In the case, like, he meets a girl who's on her deathbed. And her father asks him, like, bring my daughter back to life. And he says, unfortunately, I can't do that. All I could do is create, basically, a second corpse.
0: And so he does. so. He just kind of, like, demonstrates. He's like, hey, look, I, I can't bring your kid back to life. But... Hey, look, I look just like her. Go me. And then, like, sheds his skin and, like, Oh, there's a duplicate. Enjoy a second corpse of your daughter.
1: Yeah. Only for after Fushi to leave, the soul of the girl returns to that vessel and she comes back to life completely healthy. Like, nothing had ever happened. Like, her life just continued from where it left off. And... Bonchan witnesses this, but he decides to keep it a secret. Because if like, Fushi discovers that this is a thing he could do, Bonchan can't manipulate him or use him for his own benefit.
0: Well yeah, I mean, he he even fucking asks Fushi, he's like hey, uh if you could bring people back to life, would you just abandon me and go off and bring all your friends back and leave me alone. And Fushi just strat- you know, flat out tells him, like, yeah, fuck you, I'm sorry, but I love them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it, As harsh as that was, it does make sense. Like, Fushi is thinking very logically, and I think that's the point of this arc where Fushi is starting to develop into a different person. I think my prediction for the next episode is that Fushi's going to realize... That the way he treated bon Shan just because he was reacting logically probably wasn't the best behavior. That he should have saw a lot deeper into who he was as an individual, or maybe even tried to stray hit or put him onto the correct path, you know? And I think that's something he could also do with Kohaku. Like Kohaku's a bit of a misguided person, like an extremely misguided person, but has the potential of being a really good person. Yeah. And Fushi was too late to help Bone Chan, but he's not too late to help other people. And that's kind of the tragedy of this series, though, ultimately, is that no matter how much Fushi learns, no matter how much he grows and changes as an individual, he can't change a lot of these people's fates. They're all going to die eventually. Yeah. And the best he could do is just hope that they die in a good way. You know, and all they want to do is die in a way that is useful to him.
0: (laughs) But die young, leave a pretty corpse. That's what I always say.
1: uh, That's actually another issue here: is that almost every character that Fushig becomes close to is willing to sacrifice themselves in order to make him stronger. And that becomes another reason why Bone Chan actually is glad that he kept the whole bringing people back to life a secret, because. If Fushi knows he can do that, he's just going to abandon his growth and development. He's just going to be stuck in one place, bringing these people back just to make himself happy, just to satisfy those feelings. But him not knowing means that he will constantly be moving forward. So while that secret started off as something extremely selfish, ultimately Bonshan realizes that it was the best possible thing he could do to keep it a secret. Especially because Bonechan knew that he was going to his own death. And that leads me to this latest episode, which was one of the best moments where bon Xian, like shows the true selfishness of his character when he's locked in a cage with another person. And he feels like a small child. And he feels like because he's an adult, he deserves more of the rations or more of the bread. And his companion, uh, Toto, who's in the other cage... Decides that she's going to give him half of her bread every single day. And the other part that's really tragic is that Bonxian can see the little boy's dead mother's ghost in the cage with them. So he's well aware that this boy is on his own. And he has nobody there really for him. And that he's doesn't even know that his mother's dead at this point. Adds that's kind of fucking horrible because it puts Bonesian in this weird position where if he's honest and truthful he's a bad person for getting the kid's hopes up but if he lies that's also a bad thing because the kid needs to know the truth and he forms a really deep understanding of just how cruel the world is and that this boy's crime wasn't nearly as bad as his but they're being punished in the same way yeah and it makes him really, really care about making a big difference in the world, not just saving himself so he could become king, but because he needs to make the world a better place and he needs to do something big, not so he could benefit from it, so other people can benefit from it. And ultimately, he decides that that very thing is to one, put an end to these major religious cults. If he could drag them both down at the same time, that's ideal. And the other thing is he needed to lie to Fushi because he needed to be a sacrifice so Fushi yeah. could be free. The thing is Bone Chan kept doing what he was doing, then both of these cults would both be thriving and still at conflict with each other, and Bone Chan would just be benefiting off both of them, and that's not what a king should be doing. A king needs to make an impact in the world that changes everything for the better. And ultimately, that did make him a better king than his brother, even though he never ascended to the throne.
0: Yeah. So, like, like I said, he gets a lot of respect in the latest episode. Mm-hmm. Not something I would have seen him doing, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think we needed to see, like, the whole picture of who he was as a person before we could have had that respect for him. Because I think if he started off as a kind person who does everything right from the very beginning, I think by the time we saw that sacrifice, we would have just been like, yeah, whatever, you know.
0: Just, Just doing what he always does.
1: Just some nice guy sacrificing himself, who cares? But somebody who spent his entire life believing that he was chosen by God for something bigger... And then choosing to do something that was huge and very impactful was going to change the entire series from this point forward, but gaining nothing from it was such a big deal because he was chosen. There's a reason he had those powers. He used them for the best possible reason. Everything, every action he did, whether it was selfish or not, led to that moment. It was all for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what I love about the characters of the show, because that was the same way that Fugu was, or Gugu was. Gugu started off as kind of just this obnoxious little kid that had an awful older brother and was just obsessed with impressing this little girl. But in the end, Gugu became the best character in the show. Yeah. Like... God, I love the writing in this show so much. It's probably some of the best character writing and character development I've seen in a long time. And if you're not watching the show, go watch it. Like it's sad. You're, you're, it's you're missing out. It's,
0: it's such a good show.
1: It doesn't have the same hype as like Chainsaw Man or Mob Psycho 100, but I think it has something that's absolutely necessary because. It looks at the bigger picture of humanity in a way that I've never seen a show do. Probably the closest show I've seen to this, like, in terms of, like, character writing, might be Vinland Saga. But...
0: Yeah, Vinland- but... But, like, this this show also hits different than, like, yeah. Chainsaw Man or Attack on Titan or whatever, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's good for entirely different reasons.
1: It's good for your soul, but in a very depressing way. <laughs> like if any if any of you have watched uh, a Silent Voice, then you'll know what I'm talking about because it's the same writer, it's the same mangaka. But instead of it being a sh- like show about a girl who's in the most depressed or depressive situation ever, healing a boy who has genuine depression. This is a show just about what it means to grow up and develop as a person as a whole. It's not about, like, just being better. It's about how being awful is just part of the experience. We're all bad people at some point. We're all probably bad people right now, but it doesn't mean you can't do good things. It was really deep. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> needed that moment of silence.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I do think that's what this about. I think there's no character in this show that's completely irredeemable, except for maybe Hayase. Yeah, Hayase was just crazy. Love
0: that bitch.
1: Also, uh, best character is uh, Ligard the owl because God is him being able to turn into an owl, like, one of the most useful things.
0: It's God, right? So useful. Um, so, that being said, uh, with, with, like, each of Fushi's like, allies that, you know, dies, and he's able to transform into them, when Bon Chien inevitably dies, because, you know, Fushi outlives everyone, because he's immortal. You know, we we know that Fushi gains abilities from those people. Mm-hmm. Do you think Fushi will be able to see ghosts? I think after, so. After Bonchian goes.
1: I think he absolutely will be able to see ghosts. So, uh, also, I do want to clarify, he does not have any of their memories because uh, we learned that because when Tanari died she intentionally left like very detailed notes in her journal and that journal spawned with her body when he transformed into her so yeah. he was able to read about all of her memories but he didn't have any of those memories same thing with like Reen because he found out she passed away uh, we don't know how she passed away, she died off screen but we know she passed away, same with Shin uh also, I realized there is one character in this show, which, or there's two which characters. Which one was Reen? Reen was the girl that uh, Gugu was in love with.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I so... mean, she. I
0: was gonna say maybe. Well, no, because Hayase's uh, descendants—they're on like the the fifth or something one, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Reen probably would have died of old age by now, but we don't know if that's how she died. It seemed like it was implied that she died before her time. Yeah. Because Fushi felt like she should have still been alive, and then he looks and sees that, like, he could turn into her, and he's like, oh my god, what happened to Reen? Why is she dead? You know?
0: Yeah.
1: Same thing with Shin, who is Gugu's older brother. Like, he's just like, why are they dead? What happened? And we might never find out especially now because it seems like it's too late but that also brings me to a point there's two unnamed characters that he could turn into so one is the main boy that he usually turns into who canonically is just referred to as the nameless boy but the other one is the old man that Gugu lived with and literally his name in like the official canon is just Boozman
0: yeah booze man. Yeah, oh, Boozman
1: we don't know his actual name <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. I think I think that he genuinely believes that the man's name is Boozman.
0: <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but we got a lot of really good characters in the season so far. I also really, really love Toto. Yeah. So, and it makes me really upset that Bonechan will never know what Toto made for him. I'm genuinely curious if we will get to see it in the next episode. Yeah, I know. So. But yeah, some of the best character writing I've seen in a very long time. And I think everybody should go check it out. Especially if you were one of those people that stood on a soapbox and said, A silent voice was better than your name. You can't change my mind. If you were one of those people and you've not seen to your eternity, I think you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. So, or go read the manga. Uh, I do have a couple volumes of the manga, but not very many, but I might have to go back to collecting them because I am genuinely curious with the anime cut. So I really like the art style, though. It's really simple, but it's really effective, I think. Uh-huh. I think character design-wise, it's probably not the best character designs I've seen, but character writing, undeniably, this is some of the best work. And I think the moment you start the show, you're just immediately going to start crying because this anime took one episode to bring me down. To <laughs> God,
0: God, I know, right? This, this <laughs> anime was like, well, episode one, who wants emotions?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Here's a whole basket of onions. But Basket, yeah. you say? Yep, an entire basket of onions. And then it's just oh, been shit. like... Oh, shit. It has been drip feeding us the sad ever since. But... <laughs> Uh, the only character I didn't really like this season so far, uh, is Bonxian's little sister, uh, Pakoa. I don't like her. She's obnoxious. She's kind, of,
0: she's kind of annoying.
1: Yeah. I don't like her at all. And again, that comes back to, I really don't like little sister tropes.
0: But I, hey, maybe, maybe she will grow on you like Bonxian grew on me.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. But I, but I don't
0: know. Like, like maybe she, she has room for development, yeah, once so, she leaves the so barrel, that.
1: all she's done this entire season is hang out in a barrel and be judgy. That's all she's done.
0: Living the dream.
1: Live in the dream. So yeah. Uh any final thoughts for this episode?
0: Um No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, go watch this anime because it's not a hype anime, but it is an important anime. Uh, that'll be my final time lecturing you about that. <laughs> It'll
0: develop your character, damn it!
1: It'll learn to make you a better person or a worse person, I'm not sure. So... <laughs> it's, you,
0: you can be both. You can be both.
1: Well, that's the whole point, is that, like I said, you can be a bad person and still do good things. <laughs> and you can yeah. be a good person and do bad things. Also, if you have a stomach full of alcohol, you can breathe fire.
0: Uh, yes. But only anything above 40 proof. Just saying.
1: Yeah, it'll probably kill you first, but that's not the point. So. Uh, with that, I'm excited for the rest of this season. And we'll be talking a bit more with you guys. We're sorry if we are so few and far between at episodes. I said, we are adulting more than we've ever adulted before in our lives. So it's been kind of rough.
0: It's awful. and me. Yeah.
1: But... (laughs) Thanks for listening, you guys. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Bye. Bye,
0: guys.